Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 279, and today we'll be talking about Summer Camp Island's Saxophone Come Home. I'm GC13. And I'm David. You know, my, my absolute favorite thing about this episode is the whole you have Summer Camp Guide Winter Edition. I love it. There was a hat, a Santa hat, on one of the trees, and it wasn't even one of the trees that had eyes. I love those little details in this show. But uh, yeah, despite the soft, wintry setting and the uh, somewhat really pleasing saxophone noises we got in the episode, there was, there was quite a bit of distress happening for me. Summer Camp Island is really, uh, even just in episode four, coming around with a hook shot and just giving me a little bit of, little bit of feel seeing, seeing Oscar get bullied. I've actually been rewatching a lot of Hey Arnold lately, and a lot of the, uh, the sort of like settler bullying here that happens kind of kind of reminded me of that show because those kids have a real herd mentality and gang up on anyone who displays any weakness in Hey Arnold. And here there's like a targetedness to the Oscar days since he ran into something sign that is a little more subtle. I feel like a little more modern because Max is, you know, friends with Oscar, but they're still willing to, you know, they think it's an in-joke and harmless, whereas obviously... Oscar doesn't feel so good about it. Yeah, Oscar would, would much rather the sign not be there. But I mean, that that's the great thing about Summer Camp Island. Even even when Oscar is being bullied mercilessly, it's just portrayed so gently. <laughs> Remember, kids, bullying is fine. It's gentle. Yes. No, but he did have a great older friend in this in this episode. Yeah, he he never had an older brother before. Yeah, I thought that was a really sweet line. You know, oh, I'm sure your younger brother's missing you, sort of, he says, fishing, hoping for the for the answer that he doesn't. See, I don't know. I think I think Oscar was kind of complicated. He he wanted saxophone gone, but he also liked having him around. Like, saxophone's that cool friend you don't want to see go, you know? Yeah, I love the, I love that he, you know, there, there's a different version of this episode on another show where it's like, oh, I get a new friend and they're cool, but then... Oh, they have all these annoying aspects, and now I need to get rid of them. But here, that doesn't happen. Although Oscar doesn't have any sleep for like five nights in a row, saxophone is still really cool, even despite the little annoying things he does, like eat everything he sees uh, and snore with the saxophone noises, which were still kind of chill, actually. Chill, chill snoring noises. But, um, and the fact that saxophone helped Oscar get overcome the bullying that that he was experiencing by looking really rad floating although i didn't <laughs> i feel like hedgehog explained to everybody how yetis turn invisible so i feel like everyone should have caught on but they didn't yeah i mean the you, you really it's like oscar you're so graceful it's like your feet aren't even touching the ground they should have should have <laughs> had a line in there like that i guess they thought it would be too obvious also you really think that after the first night, Oscar would have said something like, Hey, saxophone, how about maybe you sleep outside because you snore super loud and I did not sleep at all last night. Yeah, there there was definitely a lack of... In a, in a show that I think the previous episode we covered, we talked about how good the characters seem to be at, like efficiently communicating their feelings to one another. But Oscar is not quite that way, especially with new people. He did not feel comfortable telling saxophone about his snoring, which... I'm sure saxophone would have accommodated. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because this is something you won't learn about Oscar until the 
second batch of 20 episodes, but he really takes hosting very seriously, and I guess he viewed saxophone as his guest, so trust me, he puts himself out like just as bad for other official guests, so I think this actually fits with what they later show to be his character. And that's kind of cool then. Also, talking about saxophone, saying he's a good guest, this is my excellent transition into talking about how much I love the voice actor for saxophone, who is, I am dead sure without having looked it up, the same voice actor of Greg in Over the Garden Wall. Or not Greg, that's Wirt? That's Wirt from Over the Garden Wall. Greg's, Greg's the little brother. Honestly ends up playing a very similar role here in that he's a teen with feelings. And this actor is really good at, he has a really like straightforward style, a straightforward delivery that feels, well, it fits this show very well in the fact that every character just sounds very honest. But it's also hilariously, like it's so straightforward that when he's talking about any of his emotional problems or like, you know, oh, my parents talk in that weird language, but I don't, you know, I'm different than the other yetis. Just reminded me of, yeah. But no, yeah, so you're right. It is Elijah Wood who voices both saxophone and Wirt. So that's neat. Yeah, that guy needs more roles. Maybe the saxophone, I guess saxophone's not coming back because um, saxophone becomes a normie. I love, I love the, the fact that they have the adults do that. Wah, 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 wah. Like it's Charlie Brown or something. Except, you know, they, it's yetis. They're, they're talking violins and saxophones. Yeah, I really like that saxophone language they had going on. It just fits with the Summer Camp Island pastiche, as Rebecca Sugar loves saying, which is where I learned the word pastiche. But there's a great little pastiche in that show, and it fits with the, like, sort of other sound effects and musicalizations that happen in the show. You were were talking about small details you really liked. Uh, There was one scene with... Oscar and saxophone outside the cabins at night where it's like you just have a tree leaning over like it's witnessing some hot gossip or something. (laughs) Man, that aspect of the show never ceases to delight me that everything is alive. And also the borders for that are really important because saxophone almost eats some of Oscar's friends who look exactly (laughs) like food but have faces. So that's an apparently important distinction to make. Sometimes the marshmallows you may eat are alive, so don't. (laughs) And sometimes it's fine. If it's in the mess hall, if it's being served in the mess hall, you're probably good. Yeah. Also, I did like the the unicorns playing uh, every time they transition to the mess hall. (laughs) So I was kind of trying to think about, maybe this isn't always the right question to ask with a show like Summer Camp Island, but I like thinking of like, what is the point of this episode? Like, is it... As far as either does it do something for a character or does it do something for the audience? Like when you create a kid's show, you can't help but think that at least even if there's not a lesson in an episode, kid shows have the ability to establish norms and like ways of thinking for kids that still matter. So like you can't like the television's not always inconsequential. And I feel like Summer Camp Island isn't just about slice of life without also showing kids something important about like how to process your emotional self or how to deal with friends or awkwardness or whatever and there's some there's some i think there's some little meta thing going on with how saxophone sort of turns into an adult at the end and yeah you know it's this sort of situation of having this close older person in your life who maybe helps you 
out through some difficult moments you have, like, you know, being teased by your friends or whatever. And then they you sort of lose them because whatever people becoming adults mean they move away or they go to college or whatever. And, you know, the way Oscar kind of like hangs on and still still even even if saxophone has forgotten him, you know, Oscar still finds the fact that he helped him overcome. You know, he made him go from zero to one, as he says, for the number of days since he bumped into a chair. You know, I thought that was a sweet. I'll tell you what I was thinking of when when you mentioned that since it's part of the reason we're doing Summer Camp Island today is because I need a refuge from all the sad stuff like Infinity Train Season 2 or Steven Universe Future. I think Steven might have been a little bit better off if he had seen this episode and learns that it's okay for your older friends to grow away from you. <laughs> you know, actually, that's that. this episode does perfectly tie in with uh, Steven's recent complicated feelings that everyone moving away. But of course... Well, you know, both Oscar still has friends still still at the camp and and Steven still has friends too, but actually in another sense, Steven is kind of losing everyone except the gems. I mean, at least from his perspective. Anyway. <laughs> well, I won't go too deep into the Steven Universe future here. <laughs> I mean, he's doing a bad job holding on. Yeah. Oh, also, shout out to Susie having, you know, relatable contacts problems. <laughs> she, she can't she can't see who the big hairy camper was and i, I guess alice and betsy both know that's the eddie and they're like eh whatever <laughs> i mean they both yeah. look i see i see betsy especially looking like uh i'm not gonna say anything but <laughs> i just i just love Susie's line oh these kids keep getting grosser <laughs> yeah same i don't know man just just ice hockey you know on a on a frozen lake where the goaltender eats the puck. I'm getting flashbacks to Winnie the Pooh. Whoa, 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 whoa. What Winnie the Pooh episode? Does does Pooh pick up a puck and eat it while playing hockey? I just looked it up. It is an episode of the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh called The Magic Earmuffs. And I, I do remember quite vividly that Eeyore, as the goaltender, eats the cookie that they are using as a hockey puck. And just like in Summer Camp Island, the eating of their hockey puck causes them to have to disband the game. Although in Saxophone Come Home, Saxophone just sees, just grabs the puck and eats it. Uh, in the Magic Earmuffs, the puck was hit way too fast and just flies right down Eeyore's throat. <laughs> well, yeah, I was about to say, oh, well, maybe it is a reference somehow to that show. Like, you know, animators sometimes do that, but mm, <laughs> now the situations don't seem quite so uh, I mean, it's... It's pretty close, I don't know. I mean, what what are the what are the odds really? And especially <laughs> since neither show takes place at winter very often, this is just the a random winter episode out of nowhere. Although Pooh does have more winter episodes than Summer Camp Island does. <laughs> Maybe you should at at the one of the show creators. What even is the show creator name of Summer Camp Island? I need to I need to get hip with the with the crew. Julia Pot. Uh <laughs> you should you should at Pot on on Twitter and ask about Pooh. I mean, you want to talk great old school cartoons, New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh right there for you. Yeah, which streaming service is that on in 2020? <laughs> hmm. It better be on Disney Plus or else there's no reason for anyone to subscribe. <laughs> Nothing was really made of Oscar going from one to five. I guess going from zero to one was really that much of a that much of a feat. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a super clumsy kid. And also he's not paying any attention at all. Oh, oh, speaking of Oscar always reading, I love, uh, the pages must have got stuck together with maple syrup. And then she 
<laughs> like some more of the maple syrup. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a quality to the voice acting, especially in these earlier episodes, where it's just you could accuse the voice actor of not really trying very hard, but I think it's very deliberate because it makes the characters all sound so chill and laid back. Yeah, there's actually um I have had a very similar feeling recently with watching going back and watching the first season of Shira on Netflix because they they specifically have the the main character Adora talk in this way where it's just so like it always it it, it almost feels like it's against the normal voice direction you would sh- would give someone like I don't know like in cartoons people typically get these like defined voices for the characters right and like like if you think about a really classic character like SpongeBob SpongeBob has a certain voice that is even when he like says things like I am a man and gets like gets really serious or, or or honest, you know, emotionally vulnerable. There's something about this like laid back, goofy kind of it's not even goofy, just like this really honest sounding delivery that sometimes just sounds like somebody saying something instead of like trying to act it, you know, like it, it almost feels like it wasn't even acted, which is really the best kind of acting of all. Hmm. Again, you're mentioning She-Ra. I need to watch that. I need to watch Hilda. Yes, yes. Well, you can you can join us right after this because me and me and Sophie are talking about She-Ra next. You can hear about season one. But yeah, I think I think we hit the high notes. I guess the last thing that I was wondering about the episode was, as usual, when I'm when I'm watching an episode again with the intent to record a podcast episode about it, I'm always thinking a little differently. And so I noticed things that have eluded me before. What I noticed this time was, you know how Hedgehog said that, oh, you know, usually teenagers, you know, run off into the woods before their transition into adulthood because they get kind of crazy at that point. I wonder if that was why Saxophone was feeling like he needed space from his parents, like he wanted to be away from the Yeti Meadow. Oh, because he just needs that, like, his in-the-woods moment. Well, yeah, you know, you just got to be away from the other yetis. He's going to go a little loco, go a little crazy. Yeah, that almost, uh, <laughs> I don't, if, if if that was also the exact phrasing that Hedgehog said it in the show, that's also a little, uh, see, I just noticed today that the show actually has a PG rating, and I was like, really? Summer Camp Island is given the freedom with PG? That's so strange. I can't believe this show's PG, though. That's my, you know... Fans of this show, find me find me where this show even walks close to the border of being a, a PG show. Not every Cartoon Network show is even PG. Like, it was a thing that was kind of standard for one time, but I don't think... Like, OKKO, OK I don't think was PG. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I see, I see the PG rating slapped on everything nowadays. Like, Infinity Train is getting the PG rating. That's wow. the same rating professional wrestling gets. <laughs> Gravity Falls was only Y7. Infinity Train only deserves a Y7. Well, that's the thing. Like, well, yeah. I mean, Legend of Korra had an, a scene with, uh, you know, like someone getting seriously asphyxiated on screen, and it was Y7. But, you know whatever <laughs> yeah like there's there's no excuse for show for especially a show like summer camp island to be pg i mean it you could probably get away with just a y rating on summer camp island actually yeah i don't think well, you even need the seven i don't you know back in the day like uh, i don't know like adventure time regular show i feel like were the first shows that started being rated pg because the era before that on cartoon network i swear stuff was y7 
we should do a whole YouTube on, on you know, what what gives shows certain ratings and do they what do they do with the ratings? We could do a video analyzing the ratings that that's a thing. <laughs> so overall, what did you think? Saxophone come back. Does saxophone really not come back? I'm sure the Yetis come back in this show. Yeah, he comes back. He comes back home. That's that's what he does. He comes back home. Two seasons of this show and we never see never see him again. Oh, well. I, mean, I still want to hear yeah. that voice actor again. Well, we see we see yetis from time to time, but would we really know which one was saxophone? We can't really speak that language, so. No, we cannot. Anyway, guys, that's us on Saxophone Come Home. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, or even if it's on YouTube. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.